0: Hello and welcome to the Yoga Syndicate. In this episode, we'll be discussing what is real. Ellen, what is real?
1: <laughs> what is real? So let's just make it clear, Ellis that this is not the Yoga Syndicate on hallucinogenics, but this is rather the philosophical approach to uh, what is real, what is reality. Uh, in, in that context, I think it's, it's quite apparent that uh, all of us, we, uh, we assume that we live in the real world, the, the world there is, is, is real, it's not a cartoon or, or something. Uh, uh, but, still, but still, I think it, it has become clear philosophically for people from a very early age on that two people don't see the world in exactly the same way that we all somehow live in uh, different worlds. And uh, I- for that reason, I think we, we started to uh, ask ourselves, to question ourselves, uh, well, what is real then? Is it actually one world that is more real than the different worlds that we perceive? Uh, or can we find some kind of uh, smallest common denominator for what is real? So from this way of thinking, we get uh, uh, two approaches to uh, to what is real, to investigating reality. There is the uh, notion of uh, of, uh, of a real world beyond what we can see, beyond the mundane world as we perceive it, or it's. Um, it's the acceptance of, uh, we see what you see, uh, what you see is what you get. So we get these two uh, uh, approaches, so we could call the one idealism and the other one realism.
0: Wow, um, I like it, and <laughs> I like this whole concept that, uh, uh, you know, a real observation in all of this reality versus not is that we all truly and really see things in in a different light uh, or even if it's the same light we see it with a different uh, at a different angle Um, and I'm thinking this is very very good news for those uh, people that uh, don't seem to share the same opinion or uh, in some cases couples that end up uh, ending their relationship uh and instead of basking in all of that worry and regret they can just chalk it up as uh your reality is not mine
1: yeah they could do that or they could have a platonic relationship so if we look at uh, idealism, I think we, uh, we have most of us have heard of uh, Plato, how he posited this ideal world that there was in fact uh, an ideal world beyond what we could see. And everything we could ever perceive with our senses were merely like shadows or a bleak resemblance of the real uh, ideal world. Um, so, we have a similar concept also in the Eastern philosophies. So there is much more the approach that uh, uh, the world is like uh, a dream or uh, an illusion. So this is, this is posited in, in different ways, like you, would, you could say that the, the world is just the play of the three gunas that create the manifold world that we perceive, uh, but there is something more subtle beyond it that, that drives this whole uh, world forward. Or you could say that, uh, um, that uh, everything is, uh, th- that Brahma is the real thing, everything is actually Brahma, but what we perceive is Leela, just the play, just the illusion... Or uh, as the uh, the Buddhists uh, say, in they actually posit it in in different way depending on what school you uh, subscribe to. So, uh, uh, so either the the uh, the world is a is a creation of uh, our minds. Uh, and uh, or you could or you could say that uh, there is the the ultimate truth, and it's the conventional truth. So in the conventional world, um, the world works according to certain laws. But in the uh, the ultimate reality, we can't say very much about because that has to be beyond our concepts and uh, all the, every anything that we can perceive with our ordinary senses.
0: You know, it's it's really cool as I sort of just lean back and listen to you speak right now because I'm getting a sense of sensing more than I am of things making sense. Um, And I'm trying to just sort of like, uh, you know, let go of the rope that's trying to attach any kind of reason to what you're saying because I'm questioning, you know, what is reality in this uh, podcast. And the more notions that you come with, even if they're making sense... Um, it seems almost redundant uh, in terms of reality to uh, to, to create uh, any uh, talk or 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 use a vocal cord or just sound out sounds referring to different you know concepts or perceptions about perception so uh, do you think um, in order to keep it real do you need to really uh, not even study or understand, or, or, you know, I hear that you've obviously, you know, you're, you're a very learned individual and um, you're constantly seeking uh, the answers and the questions, um, but wouldn't keeping it real or wouldn't reality just, you know, be lying in a whole uh, surface uh, playing field of, of absolute just energy and light and no mention of, of what I think versus you think or I am, uh but rather that you are not necessarily not but that you don't uh, attach an i am to anything
1: mm. uh, well we could just put our hands together and chant om and that's another concept of uh, of how we can dissolve reality into to one thing that is beyond all concepts and uh, and ideas but what these uh, philosophical systems have tried to do is to analyze reality as we see it and uh, and try to pick it apart and t- and to to really see what are the constituents are there constituents out there in the world such as atoms or the smallest uh, possible uh, particles that we can find or is it all in our minds is it all um, is it all happening out there according to what is in here in our minds is it just uh, a big uh, play or a big display of our habitual patterns our some uh, samskaras so these kind of things have uh, have been uh, investigated and uh, but w- from whatever perspective we see it it's very difficult for us to say anything definite about the uh, external world that would be the same for, for you and for me wouldn't it
0: yeah that's true you know I like the play versus display um, uh, since they seem to both be sort of the same thing and as as I'm playing along in life um you know, I I try to get all philosophical on myself and pretend that I'm somewhat of a, a nomad uh, or, you know, uh, some someone that's uh, running out and being very bohemian and 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 different. But you know, I am as I am as protective of my primary uh, interest of keeping warm with the you know, heat all over the floors and you know um, uh, having a good meal uh, in the fridge. Uh, and I might even have way too much in there and, as I find myself throwing it away. but I seem to be in this survival modus i've always you know i'm I'm going to the store looking for cells um i'm not going to look for things but when it comes to food uh, i like to stock up um when it comes to other aspects of life i am a bit weary uh when it comes to you know uh, i've moved uh, when i was you know since i've been you know the age of five i think i counted the other day that that i've lived in uh, over 45 different households or apartments or always on the move um there seems to be a survival sort of modus going on with me, and I think why the reason why is because I, I am, um, I like many people, I'm questioning what what is this what is this whole journey all about? You know, in in some when I go really, you know, I get into that mental meditative sort of solace modus where I I'm just feeling like I'm observing kindly, gently, and with a certain sense of reality then my stomach is making noises and i fi- i start realizing that i need to eat and then when when i feel like i need to do something based on my bodily function of needing to eat then reality becomes very sort of it's you know the scales start to tip and i start thinking i, I start thinking that my body needs something and in thinking that this instinct of needing something um it starts to distort what i would call reality i would just call it uh that i am succumbing to the fact that i've been born uh and that i'm actually uh an entity that uh, that 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 won't be here one day and and then i'm then i go back to reality thinking okay here's the real question in in the whole realm of reality for me what the heck is life and the purpose of life all about on any grand, micro, macro, or medial scale. Um, bef- before I get an answer to that, then I don't even want to talk about what's reality.
1: <laughs> well, it's, uh, uh, it's interesting what you're saying, because uh, um, uh, the way we perceive reality is very connected to us uh, surviving as human beings, right? So you mentioned moving around, changing houses lots of times. So think about it, all the things that comes into our field of perception we're constantly bombarded and in some ways we need to simplify. We need to simplify what comes our way, what comes into our perception. So we do that, we categorize it, we constantly simplify the world. We put things into a a certain order. Uh, so we uh, so we compromise. We don't see the world in its fully uh, individual, unique uh, glory of everything we perceive. We, no, we tend to stuff them into cate- categories so they are familiar to us. And this is purely um, survival mood, right? Mm. So you don't uh, you don't analyze. You know, oh, there's a big furry thing coming my way with the fangs out. <laughs> you were just eaten. You, you don't do that. You, uh, you, uh, your mind just tells you, predator, and you jump out of the way. Mm-hmm. So that's a rational way of, of behaving, and we do that. And some of this uh, behavior is carried over from a more like primitive uh, way of living. So I think we are, uh, to, uh, to some extent or to a great extent, we are uh, we are suffering from this today. Like we're still hoarding food and possessions as if uh, winter was coming exactly. tomorrow, you know. And in fact it is, but uh, we are protected <laughs> and we have food and it's only like 100 meters to the next supermarket, so we don't need to. Uh, and we don't need to be so uh, um, aware all the time uh, but actually um, uh, if we want to uh, if we want to live more more fully we have to retrain that awareness and uh, and come to terms with this uh, uh, with these uh, instincts that uh, are still so powerful
0: for mm. us now back to um, uh, back to these instincts that are so powerful for us I'm thinking you know, uh, you know, in a in a human mind, we've been given a mind, a posable thumbs, a mouth to speak, and all of this. You know, rational thinking. I mean, bravo! So cool! Wow! Let's just uh, run with having a brain and uh, let me make a lot of mistakes along the way, and 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 both correct myself and get yelled at, and and also be told that someone loves me. I mean, this is cool. This is reality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but either which way, uh, form or another. Um, still uh, reality sort of just sort of boils down to, um, at least for many people, what you can see, what you mm. can touch, um, and your instincts as such, you know, also. But it also, you know, it sort of parallels into some of the other talks we've had about Dharma and this cosmic reality, these cosmic laws Um mm. These these other truths, you know, and satya, and and mm-hmm. and, uh, and also reality is suffering, as we've also talked about. But but when we think of reality versus, you know, another chat we had about discriminating, um, doesn't it seem a bit, uh, yeah, once again redundant to 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 talk about something that just is what it is, and that is <laughs> real.
1: Well but what is reality Alice I think uh, we live in the uh, with the illusion that uh, there can be an objective reality out there that we can measure and uh, and we can measure it without any uh, uh, personal influence by the observer, right? We have the natural laws. We have the, uh, we have had uh, science for several centuries, and that often gives us uh, the impression that there is a there is an absolutely uh, objective world out there that that uh, that we can relate to. That we don't need to uh, to question. Mm. But whatever we measure the w- in the world and whatever we choose to measure within the world is also a personal choice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And there's no doubt that we have come uh, a long way with uh, with our science and we have improved many things but there is also big fields that we haven't investigated yeah. Uh, that we know so little about our minds how the minds work we know so little about how to be happy how to live the life to the to the fullest we know so little about how to be a, a good partner a good person um, there's still actually a lot of uh, of things that we we don't know, and uh, we're just starting to come to terms with these things now. Well, again. I think it's
0: yeah, it's good to come mm. to terms with what mm. you don't know and accept that maybe you just don't need to. I mean, remember when you were a child and you were looking up at a shooting star or even at some stars in general, and then. Uh, somewhere along the way, you learned when you went to you know elementary school and then off to middle school that that what you're seeing is something that happened already. It's just a reflection of something that happened. Ex- uh, Zeon uh, millions and billions of years ago. So that it's not real what you're seeing. It's just finally mm-hmm. a reflection that's just making its way to, to planet Earth. So as you look up and people tell you about the universe and that you're a part of all of this out there, but then someone in the same breath says, well, that's not actually real. Yeah, I know mm-hmm. you saw it, mm-hmm. but it's actually not real. So how, how do you from a young age uh, uh, understand what's real? And once again, do is it even detectable? Is it even important to to understand since these answers you might never uh, actually be able to answer?
1: Yeah, but I think it's natural for children to wonder and like i'm i'm sure you two wonder like this well when i see green maybe you see red you have just learned that that is called green uh, so I when hate you that. see red you call it green <laughs> I <hate that>. <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's very natural to to think and to i think we realize from early on that we don't perceive the the same thing and actually color is a good example because uh, Colour is not something that exists in reality, it's a function of our senses Mm. and it boils down to that and uh, when you read the Eastern philosophy it's quite amazing how they discovered this at a very early uh, stage. They really question reality, uh, and uh, they question the the senses. That can we can our senses ever give us uh, correct information about what is out there, mm. and what uh, and anything we experience is limited to our senses. And we know that we have this. W- depending on how you count it, five or six senses. Mm. But we know already that there's a lot of sound we don't hear, there's a lot of color we don't see. And even though when we see color, that's just a function of the light and the eye and the retina. There are no color. We can't say there are any, any colors out in the world. Mm. Likewise, with the sound, it's just a function of our um, um, ear faculty and uh, some waves that comes our way. So, um,
0: you're very scientific today. I mean, when I, yeah. thought, I, I thought, and I, I like that, I'm just thinking, you know, I, there's something about this, uh, this chat that uh, I don't know if reality is irritating me or my, my lack, uh, of, uh, of, of, of being curious or, f- or, or seeking out more knowledge of something that I find very difficult to define. Um, since it it just seems to be that uh, everything uh, seems to be uh, there. Uh, uh, When I I get on a plane and fly away and I go back to an ashram or something in India and suddenly I turn the corner and you're about to go down that uh, same dirt road, um, suddenly you'll see a a tree that wasn't there before, but it is more or less still the same dirt road. They haven't paved it. Mm. You see uh, the the structure of the columns, the... Uh, of the ashram, and you come around and you see the same, you know, you see the same decoration, the same dogs running out, and then, you know, when you get back on your plane and go back home, then, you know, you realize that, uh, that sort of time stands still and you almost think it's like the Truman Show that someone's saying, lights, camera, action, here he comes, here he comes, there he mm-hmm. is again, and then you come around the corner and you go, here I am again, and then you start questioning this uh, this sort of reality. Now, that makes me think of the concept of déjà vu. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that, you know, um, is reality perhaps some sort of parallel uh, through the auspices of time where we just um, uh, we're remembering uh, a certain something from not another life but you know I I saw someone write uh, lately you know the the whole concept of time and versus uh, future past lives you know maybe you're going to a future life uh, in your past life um, and, and vice versa so help me understand you know what is reality in the the parallel of, of time if you could even possibly mm. answer anything yeah i'll like get that.
1: to the time later but i think uh, uh, we can uh, we can really go out on a limb here and it's not maybe not so useful to uh, to just say that well the world doesn't actually exist or we have no way of knowing what is what is out there but what is what what is important here though is to know that all the the qualities we attach to things are totally our own projection, right? Can you be with me on that? I I agree. Whether something, if it's as simple, like whether something is small or big or distant or close... That's just dependent on our uh, positioning, right? Mm. Yeah. And it's the same about uh, all the, the the qualities, like whether something is attractive or whether someone is a, a nice being or a not-so-nice being or an awful being or disgusting being. These are all qualities that are not ultimately attached to that person. So that is important to know what comes from ourselves, that, that this is really our own uh, creation, and once we know that, we can start to to work with it, and and uh, like in um, you know in yoga, we are trying to achieve this equanimity,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: comes from from the f- from the direct experience, but also from the wisdom from from having the conviction that yeah, this actually seems reasonable to think this way. Uh, when it comes to time. Uh, we have a perception of time and it's partly cultural, right? We have a linear time. We render uh, as the assumption that time is linear, linear. It goes in one direction. Whereas uh, other cultures have a perception of a circular time um, where we are, we are born again and, and things go more in, uh, in cyclosis. Uh, but, it, but if we think about the, the present, the past and the, the future... Uh, we can just ask, well, when is the moment? Mm. We're always late. The Mm. minute you you become aware that this is the moment, I'm here now, that moment has actually already gone.
0: Mm.
1: And in the same way, when you think about the past, that is also an experience you have in the present, which is already the past when you become aware of it. So, uh, maybe it's better not to think too much about these things. No. But uh, from the from an ultimate perspective, of, of course, which uh, we maybe will experience one day, there is, of course, no time.
0: No, and then there would be no question of reality, wouldn't there? Because in a linear landscape, uh, where you're on the grid or off of it, um, at least, you know, if you're approaching uh, uh, this samadhi and this 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 feeling of no feeling, this this questioning of no questioning, this answering of no answers, um, wouldn't you, in that ultimate uh, state, um, think it was quite arbitrary to even discuss what is real and what's not, because? Even happiness is not the goal. Uh, And just the state of no state is the state you want to be in, Mm -hmm. isn't it?
1: Yeah, but once you know, you know. Once you have that experience, you have that experience. And uh, then there are different uh, positions. Do you then escape? Do you go somewhere else? Do you uh, stay out of samsara? Or can you come back and you can live in samsara like you are not uh, attached anymore you are just watching it as if you're watching a movie and it's amusing it's entertaining mm. and if you're a bodhisattva you see that everyone else uh, uh, is freaking out and take this movie to be the the reality and they're freaking out and they're crying and they get hurt uh, from oh, things mm. and and you know that this is this is the illusion and the truth like lies somewhere else so you uh, you um, give rise to you immediately and uh, naturally you give rise to this immense compassion mm,
0: that's interesting you said you what you're talking about because understanding reality uh, in relation to others uh, um, and from your own standpoint and your own you know your own senses and and positioning and and what side of the bed you woke up on versus another that's 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 a very interesting way of looking at it but uh, so too uh when you're when you're looking at it in terms of um how easy it is to forget something that was really heavy for you one day uh, the next day and then then i'm back to reality as a uh you know because i've seen some far too beautiful people take life too damn seriously that mm. they they uh they've either punished themselves severely and have continued to do so or they in fact just removed themselves by committing suicide Mm -hmm. uh, or or, uh, something of the the sort but um, my question to you is um, are are these chemicals that you know are changing um, not only the position that we're in but the position of our our chemical state, you know, you hear certain people say, you know, if I don't get breakfast, you know, I'm I'm just so angry. Um, and if you just put food in my mouth, then I can look at you and this reality in a little bit more, you know, cautious and kind way. Uh, are we with our reality <clears throat> or the reality that we in and of ourselves perceive and practice and experience, are we victims of a, a chemical uh, imbalance?
1: To a certain extent, I I guess we are. I I don't know. I'm not a a physician. Uh, But I think to a certain extent, we we are. I mean, you have seen me before coffee, and you know how I urge you to make me coffee in the morning, right? Because I I can't really function or be happy (laughs) before that. But... I think, depending on your level of realization, you are more or you are less prone to, or more or less influenced by the chemicals that swirling around in your body. So I think it goes both way. You know, mm. your uh, your inner strength also uh, affect these uh, chemicals and what kind of hormones you're excreting and and so on. Uh, but back to what you what you said about people believing too strongly in this reality. So this is really the t- tragedy of humankind, you know, that we believe so much in our concepts, that they're just concepts of our, of our minds. We get an idea of uh, who we are or what we are and uh, we're not good enough or we're failures or we're tragic in, in some way and it puts us on, us on this downward spiral and another person would see it completely differently. You know, Mm. so we start to believe in these concepts, which I think are uh, are very related to our use of language. We make a concept, and we take it. We mistake it for reality. We start believing in it, Mm. and it gets uh, enormous consequences for us.
0: It's like cotton candy when you're starting to spin it. You know, just you you just keep it in there and turn it around, and suddenly you've got a big pile of sugar and. And waste and disgust. And it yeah, and it tastes good uh, and and it looks fancy, but when you you know when it, when you boil it down, it's just pure sugar, and it's a it's it's an illusion that might not be uh, good for you at the end of the day. So, how do we carry our reality or walk around with this cotton candy, uh, Ellen, and 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 still get along uh, with people or know when we need to not impose our our reality or our opinions on, on others because. In order for me, from what I'm learning from this this conversation now, uh, for me to to feel like I can grasp onto reality, I need to identify with that I see things different than you. So, mm-hmm. it, would would we be able to save your uh um, the the beauty of perhaps having a, a remote chance to to feel ourselves real and really a part of what is reality if we just sort of. Turned our notions down uh, and a notch or two, and and took part in more uh, of an observing, um, accepting um, uh, state.
1: Mm, I think we have maps. You know, we have maps of this uh, reality, this jungle of reality that we have entangled ourselves in, and that's the that's the philosophy. That's the yoga philosophy. You know, Viveka Svadhyaya. Mm. Uh, the yamas and the niyamas. So we start from the from the outside and and we we limit our uh, <laughs> what we say damage in this world, mm. and then we can work our way inwards. And uh, it it uh, it helps to get a um, a mental conviction first, and then we can compare that with our experience. Mm. So to have some kind of insight into the self, I think will will greatly help us to see that what is just our mental concept and what is, what, is really, what is really going on. Mm. And we can, we can, once we know ourselves, we can see others in that way as well, and we can see them with more compassion and have, uh, have compassion for their entanglement in their own concepts and ideas of who they are and how they should treat us. And back to suffering, we can see that they're, they're all suffering. Yeah,
0: well, enjoy that. If you do find that moment or that halftime game uh, where you uh, feel like you know yourself, then uh, then then uh, all the power to you. I have a I have I have a sort of feature, um, uh, a really nice uh, uh, moment and experience to share in terms of how I uh, not only view reality, but I was questioned and I was reminded what or how I could possibly see things differently. For my son, when we had a family powwow one time, when me and my wife were not getting along, uh, we did one of those odd things where the kids were sitting on the floor and they wanted to take part in this conversation of helping us, you know, uh, sort of fix So the the older boys. And, and all three of them sat down and they are just like, okay, let's talk here. And it was one of those moments in life where you thought, this is, a, this is something that shouldn't go on, we should be able to figure things out all on our own but it was one of those just moments uh, where it just happened that way and they were sitting there and then you know there was a little talk going back and forth no one was taking sides and you just saw how diligently they were listening and like shaking their heads both yes and no and then suddenly as we all walked out this this vent vent ventil, uh, this uh, there was something that was opened um, as the air sort of just came out of the seriousness of, of, of this the session. It sort of helped to have the boys listening to to both our nonsense and so on and so forth. When we walked out, here comes the magical part. My the youngest of those three boys, he comes up to me and says, "Dad, listen, um, you know I noticed something with you. You're taking so many things." so darn personal. And he says, I've got a way of you maybe, you know, fixing that. What you need to do, and then here comes the reality, is he goes, you need to not take those things personal, but look at them like a personal experiment. Things that you normally would react to. Don't react to them, but just first, you know, Walk away from it, look back to them as a personal experience. Don't take them personal. And then, when I thought about the personal uh, experiment and the personal experience of making something not just experimental or experiential, uh, I just thought and looked at my son and thought, wow, you can create life, and then that life can come back and remind you that you're just like him another product, another human being. That sees things in a different way, and him—not you know—the son that doesn't know, but in that case, the son with divine wisdom. Um, I think it's—I think it's fair to say that we all uh, can help each other uh, with with our own angles uh, at certain times. But this fluctuation—it just never stops, does it?
1: Mm. No, I think it's right what you're saying. We—it's very hard for us to see ourselves. It's like we can't see the forest for all the trees because we have our ways of thinking. We are in our pattern and we see uh, reality uh, through the lens of our own uh, habitual patterns. So sometimes we need someone to come from the outside and see, hey, uh, this is not the only explanation, you know, because we're so ingrained, we're so involved in our own explanation. Uh, but we we can uh, in those moments where we don't have a furry predator with fangs coming rushing towards us, we can step back and take the role more of the observer mm. and we can get better at that you know we can we can make it a habit to step back when we have these strong emotions, when we are hurt to uh, to try to see uh, what is what is happening now, what is this emotion. And uh, rather than Im- immediately identify it, we can try to see it more objectively. Mm. What is it? Is it like a little uh, knot in my stomach? Is it some heat rushing out my, up my head? Mm. Uh, like the Tibetans say uh, about uh, their word for anger is lung lung, is the rising of uh, hot air inside. Mm. So it's not this. Uh, it's also language is a big uh, key here, actually. Or it can be a key. Uh, because in our language, we are our emotions, we are un- hangry, hu- hungry, we're also hungry, but we are angry mm. and we are happy, is uh, this idea or this notion that we uh, transform into our uh, emotions and we identify with them, whereas in other languages, it's something. It's a, it, it has more the character of something that passes through us that is not part of our intrinsic uh, person or being.
0: Yeah, that's wild. Like, so, a,
1: yeah, isn't it? So, it's super wild. Yeah. So I think uh, a lot of this can be understood through language, actually, because language is a collection of uh, of concepts, and we constantly mistake uh, language for reality. And you can see it with new words and concepts that we create, and suddenly we we start to to believe in them.
0: Yeah, but that that this is where I get stuck, you know, because even the word reality seems mm-hmm. to be just a freaking concept. It, mm-hmm. it seems to be a word. It's like the more I think about it, it's 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 just why 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 even call it something when it is. It is uh, not what it is, but it's just, I'm so, you know, I I look out in the asphalt and I see a plant that doesn't get any sun just, you know, coming through the very thick asphalt and then making its way up and um, before you know it, your entire driveway is, is like cracked and opened and then i'm just thinking reality is obviously the sediments the layers of earth Mm -hmm. that that you know through our solar and distant uh you know turning and churning as a planet you know revolving around the sun i'm i'm thinking okay you know when they go and you know just right over here in the viking communities when they dig down they're finding you know, old buildings and cities that are underneath the earth. You know, it it, it really is a six-foot-under scenario, you know. Um, our, our our days and these years are limited by just the earth, you know, creating more layers. Mm. Uh, this seems to be more of a, a, a cosmic dust kind of thing that you could just, you know, add up and just call the real reality is that, you know, here today, gone tomorrow, um, you know, you have lots of wishful thoughts of perhaps, you know, how and when you might come back again but you know which layer are you going to come back to the one that's you know uh, 100 meters uh, below you uh, if time is not linear uh, and everything is round or or are you I I don't know this, uh, talking about reality once again is it's actually just kind of freaking me out I must must admit
1: yeah well, I think we have to keep in mind that reality is also just a word and and what level of reality are you talking about? are you trying to calm down someone who has gone way off the hook or or are you trying to posit some idea of what is actually out there or uh, pos- are you trying to posit some some blueprint or do you accept that there is a conventional level of reality that we damn well have to relate to, but there is also a deeper meaning and, and deeper uh, 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 forces going on beyond that uh, conventional reality?
0: Okay, no pun intended, just fun intended. Sex. Mm. Sex, S-E-X, Ellen. What is real about sex when suddenly, yes, obviously there's a result. You could have a child, in fact. Um, You do enjoy it suddenly uh, when your hormones or a man's is released and suddenly it's almost like... Uh, who am I? What did I just do? Um, and the energy building up towards it and, you know, missing it after once you've, you know, you've acquired it and then, you know, associating it to she doesn't love me because we don't do that anymore. I mean, sex seems to be uh, kind of an interesting topic that you could bring up in this particular podcast when it comes to is it real?
1: Is it real?
0: Yeah, oh, is the is the urge real? What is reality, and how does reality uh, uh, connect to this concept of sex? Seems it since since, since, it, since it seems to be so instinctive, but at the same time pleasurable, and it's very reproductive. Um, as a human being, our calling when it comes to reality must associate to this concept. Of uh, coming together in a in a sexual manner, doesn't? Yeah, it?
1: well, it's, it's an interesting question because we attach a lot of meaning to it, obviously, and somehow a lot of the things we do are, are circling around uh, sex or how to get it, how to avoid, <laughs> uh, how to avoid having it, <laughs> for some. Uh, but see, you could you could see it in different ways. I I remember investigating that a little bit with um, in the context of a dance piece we were making about men and women. And uh, I was investigating a bit this uh, theory of genes. You know, not the ones you, the pants you wear, but the genes that we transfer from one uh, generation to the next. And one theory is that uh, all this thing about sex and romanticism and finding a partner is just the way that our genes uh, trick us. Because all the genes, as if they had a life on their own, they just want to survive. So uh, we're running after our our genes, and that creates the illusion that we fall in love and we have a romantic relationship, and we see this uh, man or woman as some kind of deity that is 100 percent perfect and 100 percent attractive and can totally fulfill us. And uh, then it lasts uh, for um, uh, approximately three years. The, the time it takes to produce a child and uh, and uh, the child becoming uh, um, uh, what is it called what's the wind 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 that it doesn't need to drink milk anymore a kind of independent uh, and then it blows over so uh, yeah you could see it from a from a very cynical perspective like that uh, and uh, typically enough, all the the wisdom traditions they're, they're not very interested in in sex. It's usually a, a brahmacharya or abstinence or or, or uh, some cultivation of the the sense pleasures that uh, tend to rule.
0: Mm. I just think it's so rep- reproductive. It's like one of the few callings that we have as humans <coughs> is that you know we will uh, we will. Uh, survive as uh, collectively and and we need and and shall and do reproduce <clears throat> so I'm trying to just find a little tether of a connection that I would call uh, a certain sense of like an ultimate reality is is the reality of, of of reproduction and and coming together but if I um if I back a little off uh, on that concept I think, one thing that I find very interesting is how perfect we are. Our eyelashes are formed in a certain way. Um, certain fish uh, are also formed, and just you know, creation in and of itself is quite a stir. That you you start then thinking uh, reality uh, in terms of of a higher source you know this ishvara there must be something out there um now that's just uh that's just a central tenant of a hopeful wishful scenario uh, that that there is something out there is there anything in reality in terms of how these great masters looked at what is real versus not in terms of faith and 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 a looking up to to a higher source
1: well definitely you have uh some schools or or some uh, schools of thought will uh, posit there is a there is a higher reality there is a creator uh, god uh, or there is a there is a force or a, a connecting force behind uh, everything and you have uh, others who will not posit a, a creator deity who will avoid this metaphysical thoughts because there's mm. obviously no answer to them it doesn't Simply doesn't help speculating uh, about it, mm. uh, and uh, yeah, it's true. Things are um, th- things are uh, perfect, uh, perfectly shaped uh, in in our eyes. Um, but that, uh, but that again, could be seen as a as another effect of uh, of our imagination, of our way of perceiving things.
0: I think so, because one time I had a radical dream. Believe it or not, I dreamt that I was a number.
1: Which number were
0: you? I, I'm not kidding you. I was number one. Uh and then suddenly uh the dream got it was very irritating because suddenly I became the number two and so on and so forth. And I was just How uh,
1: symbolic.
0: Yeah it was. I just kept I just kept um, you know, accumulating. I just became more and I uh, it was kind of, I, I must say, it was my one-stop coolest dream. I've had lots of beautiful dreams, um, but this dream sort of took the cake because I had dreamt what it felt like to be a number, Mm. and then that reality that perception of being a number when i woke i was quite disappointed that i wasn't any any longer but then i you know if you want to get really sort of you know inquisitive or bad on yourself you can say yeah but aren't we all numbers and so on and so forth but for me reality takes place when i when i just don't question what it is so i've noticed the last 43 minutes that um that i i feel like i'm really stepping away from reality when i'm when I'm contemplating anything uh, cognitively uh, whatsoever. What do you think, uh, when is your, where are your moments when you could claim that you uh, sense uh, a certain level of reality?
1: Well, you know, when I think of you first, I want to answer that. And uh, uh, Reality is always changing and I think uh, when I look at you, you're a creative person, right? So you con- you're constantly inventing new realities around you. Isn't that part of the game of what we're doing? Well, <coughs> and, and I think it just becomes more obvious when you're when you're uh, uh, creative or when you're uh, creating something, or if you're an artist, then you you know that you're creating this uh, reality, but it's also very real. And I think the more we uh, the more we become conscious that we are creating realities in such an obvious way i mean just you and me together we have our own little bubble of reality the way we understand each other and the words we are using and we're very quick to developing this set of concepts and language between Mm. us two that is is our take on reality and i think by doing that we're, we're creating something very healthy because it it uh, uh, um, it associates back to our so-called uh, you know normal reality or ordinary reality so that also it affects that so that might not become so stagnant and so predictable <laughs> mm-hmm. from this act of uh, allowing ourselves to be creative and doing what we do
0: right now back to you again and the question if oh. if you can. Uh, even possibly answer it. Are there certain moments? Are there certain, you know, I, I get it, you know, when you're doing something collectively, but uh, often about, or in your practice, let's just bring it back to yoga uh, in the syndicate form. Um, do you feel that uh, now being tranquil, finding peace, that seems to be, you know, I know for you, and, for, you know, has nothing to do with that, um, but but still understanding reality or feeling that, that something is real, would you then say that that is, from your perspective, at least from in the lenses of your eyes, do things smell even more brilliant? Or would you define your re- you know, a higher sense of reality as you see more dimensions in things when you, when you stop and look at that flower uh, and blur out everything behind it? I mean, when does reality pop for you? When does it come forward? Mm.
1: Well, Alice, I, I've had a very long and difficult relationship with reality, Uh, I used to be very spaced out. Mm. I used to be called the moon child. Uh, I didn't have much grounding in my life. And also um, psychologically, I doubted reality, actually. Mm. Were were things around me real? Were people real or were they just hollow? Wow. Uh, Yeah, especially, yeah, it got serious, especially during my teens. I I had a period where I think I was depressed. Mm. Uh, And uh, reality seemed like this, like thin layer like it was like a cardboard reality that I could just punch through and there would be nothing behind it Uh, and uh, I got out of it somehow and I think it came through working physically finding my, my grounding finding the you know uh, relating more consciously to to gravity to uh, to levity to the the forces of nature as you do when you when you interact when you do, when you um, practicing dance or movement you you you're working with this very basic uh, forces of at least the com- uh, conventional reality that we have around us uh, so uh, but uh, i also had a very flimsy relationship with my with my Body. I didn't like to eat, I didn't like to have weight, I didn't like to, to be a, a, a living, ordinary being of meat and blood. Mm. That was a big defeat to me. I didn't want to be part of that. So uh, no, I had a difficult relationship with, uh, with reality and there were moments I can remember very clearly when, uh, when I became uh, kind of integrated into reality again. So one of them was a, a rela- very strong uh, encounter with, uh, with nature, with the goodness of nature, the innate goodness, and, and um, uh, the, the giving, the conditionally giving quality of, of nature that surrounded me. that It went from being like a cardboard reality to being a reality full of life and prana mm. and energy and growth. And I think another encounter was um, uh, finding my uh, finding my center of gravity. Mm. You know, I, I studied uh, ballet and modern d- contemporary dance, and it was all lifting yourself up, lifting up, lifting up, lifting up away mm. from the ground. It's very anti gravity part of it. And and then I, I I switched to another style that was all about you know grounding, finding your um, finding your sen- center of uh, of gravity, working with the senses, working with the guts, you know, mm. working with the organs was totally down-to-earth, real. And um, I li- so, I, I, finally, I'm happy to say I landed in the world.
0: I like that you say down-to-earth and that you've landed in the world because uh, by depicting that you've <coughs> been in this uh, uh, very long uh, relationship with reality, um, it seems like we're all <coughs> getting cheated on and cheating. <clears throat> One second, the the reality of the matter is that I have something in my throat and it irritates me because I'm I'm wondering if I'm even the body. While we're discussing reality, but it sounds like we're all cheating on the same um, person. If we've been in, if we've all in a in a in a relationship at the same time with reality, uh, if we could just accept that we are. Um, and the reality is, is that you might not figure it out. Just like a partner, you're in a relationship with the partner. You might not figure them out, but you just don't want to lose sight of being with them and perhaps some of their tendencies. And for those that survive that relationship, they um, they're basically surviving it. They're not necessarily thriving it. Because uh, to sum up this podcast sweetly, it seems like you know reality number one is not only. Allowing gravity to do what it does, but finding your center of gravity, creating a balance and an understanding, like in many of these other topics, that things are circumstantial, you are different, we are not the same, and that goes with you versus the tree that you're standing in front of, and you versus the moment that's about to come and the one that has just vanished. So, uh, in this dualism of everything, um, would it be fair to say that reality is just also part uh, it's just so vast and mysterious that that you need to just sort of buckle down in not buckling down but open up the buckle and 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 just uh see he where this ride pants. takes you yeah <laughs> i didn't mean the pants i meant uh, driving the car but uh <laughs> again you see things differently exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any final uh, real thoughts uh, in this reality game um
1: no, I I think we just uh, uh, we just need to uh, to realize that even reality is just a word and a concept that we have created, and we need to uh, uh, remember that it's uh, it's also adaptable and malleable, and changes around us all the time.
0: Mm. and really do uh, accept that and give way to uh, any of that uh, shrapnel that you think is flying your way, because even that is not uh, real. Uh, Good, we'll round it off uh, and remind you that this was the episode on What is Real Reality? This is the Yoga Syndicate.